Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven. Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. Today I'd like to talk about the priesthood, the Catholic Church priesthood. This is something that has always been near and dear to my heart because I grew up as the daughter of a Protestant minister. I was very familiar with what it looked like to be part of a family whose uh, father, whose, whose the head of the family is clergy. And when I became Catholic, one of the things that I had to let go of in letting the Holy Spirit transform me from, from being protestant, you know, protesting against the ways of the church, the ways that, that um, you know, in Protestantism, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what the Catholic Church teaches and why it teaches it. So... I needed to submit myself to the Holy Spirit and be willing for my mind to be changed. And he did. The Holy Spirit filled me with truth that, you know, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of a truth, when when the Holy Spirit speaks a truth to you, you know it. There's an inner knowing because your inner spirit recognizes that it's the Holy Spirit that's talking. But there can also be the devil. There's uh, voices from childhood um, training from college professors, whatever. There's, there's times when we hear other voices that contradict what the Holy Spirit is telling us. And so we are very much into um, doubting what the Holy Spirit is telling us or disbelieving it. You know, there's this struggle that goes on within us. And we need to pray every day Come, Holy Spirit, fill me. Come, Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. Which is why I always end my podcasts with a prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to come and to to teach us, to fill us, to change us, to renew us. I mean, this is important for every single day. But right now I'd like to talk about what the Holy Spirit has to say about the Catholic priesthood. And the reason why I'm bringing this up now is because Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI and Cardinal Robert Sarah, who is the prefect for the Congregation of Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments, they have co-authored a book called From the Depths of Our Hearts. Because in today's world, we are so used to making compromises with the teachings of the church, with the teachings of Jesus, with what the Holy Spirit reveals to us. We're so used to making compromises. We're so used to accepting other voices because they're voices that, for some reason, we want to hear. Some reason, you know, we think it's a better voice. We, you know, we, we, we believe too many lies and we don't realize that we're believing lies 
because we've grown up in a culture of moral relativism where people say, this is what I believe, and I believe it's okay for me to believe it because it's right for me. It feels right. And what the Catholic Church teaches doesn't feel right, or what you know, my parents taught doesn't feel right, or, or whatever the case may be. And we are called, like I said, to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us the truth. Jesus said he was giving us his spirit so that we would learn the truth in all things. That the Holy Spirit, he said, would teach us whatever we need to know. He's called the spirit of truth. And we need to submit ourselves. We need to be submissive before the Lord, letting the Holy Spirit correct our thinking. Letting the Holy Spirit help us to sort what the world has told us, what demons have told us through the world, what mistaken parents, professors, other people, friends, whatever, have told us. We need to sort these other voices from the truth. So I would like to share to you some little parts, some, some quotes from this book that Benedict Sixteenth and Cardinal Sarah ha have published because there's some truths in there about the priesthood that I haven't heard mentioned in such clarity for a very long time. And it's possible that some of this you've never heard before. It's possible that you've heard it, but it seems like a lost cause. It seems like an ideal that's never a reality. My own background as the daughter of a minister, and then somebody forming a ministry. My husband and I co-founded Good News Ministries back in 1995. And as the director of this ministry, this is my vocation, part of my vocation, just as marriage to my husband is a vocation, although my marriage to my husband is the first and primary vocation, what I do in ministry is not as important, as sacred, as or as top of a priority as the vocation of marriage. Marriage is that sacred. And if I don't put my husband first, if I don't put my marriage first, I lose graces from God and the marriage suffers and so does everything else that I do. In a similar way, the vocation to the priesthood requires putting that vocation first above all things. And that means the teachings about and the truths about what a priest really is but we're going to go deeper into what it means to be a good shepherd as a priest. But first of all, let's take the generic form of shepherding. Let's take a look at what it means to be a good shepherd in imitation of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. The good shepherd is caring. He or she protects his flock. He guides his sheep to safer pastures. He goes after the lost and finds them. He carries the weak ones over difficult terrains. 
He fights off the wolves and defeats them with the power of God. Always alert to do his job well, he relies on the Holy Spirit who empowers him. This is what Jesus is for us as a good shepherd. And as we imitate him, this is what we are called to do for others. Those who God has given us to shepherd. Let me read that again. This time think about what priests do you know who fit this description? The good shepherd is caring. How much do you really feel cared for by your priest? Or the priest that you brought to mind when I started talking about this? He protects his flock. What does the pastor of your parish do to protect that parish, those parishioners, from the wolves out there that want to destroy, um, or the wolves within that cause division, or the the wolves that, that give false teachings? What is the priest doing during homilies? What is the priest doing outside of homilies to teach the truth? to help protect the sheep from false teachings, from false messages, from from the lies of the devil that are being promulgated through the world. He guides, the priest guides the sheep to safer pastures. All part of the same thing about what I'm talking about. Teaching, guiding, helping us to become indoctrinated against the ways of the world. Helping us to to stand strong in the truth, helping us to know the Holy Spirit on a personal basis, have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit because that is the spirit of truth that helps us sort the lies from the truth. Priests are called to do this. Priests are called to, first of all, be so filled with the Holy Spirit that they, that they clearly know the difference between the lies and the truth. And through the Holy Spirit, challenge us and teach us how to be alive also in the Holy Spirit, submitting ourselves also to the Holy Spirit and recognizing the truth when we know it, when we hear it, so that we know it and know it so well that we stand strong in it. The priest goes after the lost and finds them. Does your parish have an evangelization ministry? And how involved is the pastor in doing that? A good opportunity, and I've seen this done very well by by some priests. When a couple who's engaged come to the church to be married, does the priest invite them to grow in faith? And if one or both have not been active in church, or one is not Catholic, does the priest invite them to to get involved in the parish, to come to Mass every Sunday and even more, to come to RCIA to learn about the teachings of the church? I used to be an RCIA director, and the priest I had as my pastor at the time was really good at bringing... I was constantly intaking more members, more people joining RCIA because of what this priest said and invited the couple to when they came to him to start the process of getting married. This is what every priest is called to do. He also carries the weak ones over difficult terrain that 
means being able to identify who are the weak ones and caring enough about them. And when the parish is large and the priest is unable to fully make himself available to the people who need him, the priest extends his reach through people who are properly trained, gifted, and called to go out on his behalf helping the weak over difficult terrains, evangelizing those who, who need to get involved in the, you know, back in, into the church or to discover the teachings of the church. And, the, and the, the good shepherd does not control how his helpers do this, but works collaboratively as the head shepherd getting co-worker shepherds you know, to, to, to help with the process from the laity because we are here to work together. We are all the body of Christ. The priest fights off the wolves and defeats them with the power of God. The priest is called to do spiritual warfare and to teach the rest of us how to do it. The priest is targeted. Every priest is targeted by the devil to ruin his ministry. And I bet you, you can name several priests who have been victims of Satan, who have been fooled by Satan, who have been dragged down by Satan, whose ministry has been destroyed by Satan or, or diminished by Satan. I had a very good friend who was a priest who was alcoholic, and I watched how Satan used alcoholism to destroy his priesthood. This priest used to be very filled with the Holy Spirit and had supernatural gifts working through his hands as a priest. For example, as a young priest, he had a hospital ministry, and he went to the room of a young man who had been in a motorcycle accident and had broken many bones and he did the sacrament of the anointing of the sick with this young man. And immediately, miraculously, the bones knitted back together. Totally amazing, the doctors and the nurses. And you know, this was a miracle. But alcoholism ruined this, this awesome ministry. And, and what was wonderful at the beginning diminished and got lost stopped altogether. The miracle stopped because Satan had gotten a hold of this person through alcoholism. Our priests are targeted and we need to pray for them, but the priests themselves are called to recognize the wolves and fight them off in the power of God and then teach us how to do it. And we need to work together because Satan isn't only after the priest, he's after the whole parish He's after everybody who goes to church and who is, who, or is not going to church, but thinks about going to church. And the devil says, no, you don't need to go. You know, so the devil is constantly at work and the priest needs to be driving them off using the power of his holy orders. We need to be able to go to our priests when we are under attack, when we recognize that we have strings of bad things happening which probably indicate that there's a demonic attack going on or we've got things going on in our families 
that where where loved ones are succumbing to the lies of Satan or what different situations where we need to be able to go to our priests and say, with your holy orders, pray with me. Lead my family in prayer. Lead me in prayer. Pray with me. Pray for my family with the power of your holy orders. Or pray for the situation with the power of your holy orders. That's one of the things that priests are there for. Always alert to do his job well. He relies on the Holy Spirit who empowers him. And let me change that. Always alert to do his ministry well. I've known priests who saw their work as a job and not a ministry. And you could tell it because, I mean, it was obvious that they did not recognize how important their ministry was. It was a duty, a job, something to get done. And when the the job was over for the day, they were off. They were unavailable. Uh, they were not in the spirit of prayer. They they... You know, it was just a duty, a job. You could tell the difference. They weren't being guided by the Holy Spirit. They were being guided by the job description. Now, let me take this further. Using what Benedict XVI and Cardinal Sarah have said makes up what a priest is and what a priest is all about. And by the way, this article, the link to it, I will be providing this in the show notes of this podcast which you can find at breadboxmedia.com. You could also find this podcast republished on Good News Ministries website. So go to gnm.org and look under the menu about videos to find where all the, the podcasts have been published. And you can find this one there. And in the description will be the link to this article. Now before I read what, what these two important shepherds have told us, through this book. I'd like to read to you what the editor of the book has said. It's being published by Ignatius Press, and the editor is Father Joseph Fessio. And in a press release, he wrote this, what, what the book is about. It is about, as Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI describes it in his first paragraph, the lasting crisis that the priesthood has been going through for many years. But it is about more than that. It is about the nature of the church and of Christian discipleship. Cardinal Sarah writes in the book, We live in sadness and suffering in these difficult and troubled times. And he's talking about the crisis in the church where you know there's a lot of moral relativism that's gotten into the church. There's a lot of of trying to recreate what church doctrine says about what scripture says about things like homosexuality. There's a lot of of idols being brought into the church. You know, there's a lot of bad stuff that the enemy's been doing, and so that's one of the reasons why this book has been written. One of, one of the big reasons why this book has been written. We live in sadness and suffering in these difficult and troubled times. It was our sacred duty to recall the truth of the Catholic priesthood. For through him, the Catholic priest, the whole beauty of the church is called into question. In other words, when the Catholic priests are not living up to their true vocation, the beauty of the church itself is hidden from the world. Continuing with what he said, The church is not just a human organization. She is a mystery. 
She is the mystical bride of Christ. This is what our priestly celibacy constantly reminds the world of. You see, we are the mystical body of Christ. We who are not the clergy are the mystical bride of Christ. And the clergy, by, his, by the priest's holy orders, is Christ. Yes, they're human beings too. They're flawed too. But we call this in persona Christi. Whenever the priest does something sacramental, consecrating the Eucharist, hearing confessions, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, marrying people, whenever, you know, baptizing, whenever the priest does something sacramental, it is Jesus Christ himself doing it, providing the graces through a human being, but Jesus himself. So we, the bride of Christ, are married to Jesus Christ through the priest, who is the head of the church the way Christ is the head of the body. who The priest is the husband of we who are the bride. And priestly celibacy, the the, the theology of it, the, the purpose of it, the mission of it, is so that we who are the bride do not have to share our husband with anyone else. Jesus in the priest, that husband. We have Jesus through the priest and his celibacy makes it that much more real and united to Christ. Cardinal Sarah continues and says, it is urgent, necessary, that all bishops, priests, and laity rediscover a gaze of faith on the church and on priestly celibacy, which protects this mystery, this mystery of the bride of Christ being united to Christ through the priest. Benedict XVI wrote about the mission of the priest. What does it mean to be a priest of Jesus Christ? The essence of the priestly ministry, he said, is defined in the first place by the fact of standing before the Lord to keep watch for him, being there for him. This means for us to stand before the Lord, us, he's talking about him as a priest and other priests. It means for us to stand before the Lord who is present. That is, it points to the Eucharist as the center of priestly life. The priest must be someone who watches. Remember what I said before about watching out for the dangers, you know, that come against the flock. He must be vigilant, Benedict XVI says. He must be vigilant in the face of the threatening powers of evil. He must keep the world alert for God. He must be someone who stands on the edge, straight in the face of the current of the time, straight in the truth, straight in commitment to the service of good. Standing before the Lord must always also mean taking care of men before the Lord, who in turn takes care of all of us before the Father. Taking care of the, the flock while Jesus takes care of the priests. And Benedict XVI says, this must mean supporting Christ, his word, his truth, his love. 
The priest must be upright, courageous, and even willing to suffer insults for the Lord. The priest must be a person full of rectitude, vigilant, who stands upright. To all this is added the need to serve. And if the liturgy is a central duty of the priest, it also means that prayer must be a priority which must be learned ever anew and ever more deeply at the school of Christ and of the saints of all times. So, my friend, to be a priest means to be a hero. And what we need are priests who are heroes because it is very heroic to be that different from the world. What I just described in this podcast of what makes up a good shepherd, what were my words and what are Benedict's words and Benedict the Sixteenth and, and Cardinal Sarah's, this is what it means to be a hero, a heroic representation in the world today of Jesus Christ, who is the greatest hero of all time. Anything less than that is a grave abomination of the calling to the priesthood, an abomination to what holy orders really means. It is a grave sin because people end up in hell because of the lack of this kind of priest in their lives, in their parish, in the world. We who are laity need to realize, and this is one reason why I'm, I'm, I'm talking on this topic today, that this is what God wants for us. And we've known it deep inside, which is why we have felt very unhappy about having priests that are not like this. But we are called, if we are parents, to raise up children who may be called to this kind of holy priesthood. We are called to pray for our priests. We are called to speak the truth. And we are called to rely on the Holy Spirit about how to speak the truth. If you know a priest who needs to hear this podcast, find through the Holy Spirit a loving way, a compassionate way, a gentle way, a Christ-like way to invite him to listen to this podcast and then pray for him to actually listen to it and hear what the Holy Spirit wants him to hear. Not my words, but what the Holy Spirit wants him to hear. I love priests dearly. I know how important they are to the mission of Christ. And I pray that we will have a church soon that is filled with priests who are truly good shepherds, being the Christ for us that we need and challenging us to stop making compromises with the world. And together we need to stand strong against what the devil is teaching through the world. Now pray with me the prayer that I always end my podcast with because it's so important. Come Holy Spirit. And I invite you to hold your hands open to receive in a gesture of receiving what the Lord wants to give to you. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. Amen. God bless you. 
You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.